Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. What would it be like for your polyamory if you were not allowed to date? I'm not sure how I would do polyamory if I wasn't allowed to date. What if you were in a culture and an environment where dating is, in generally, any kind of dating is frowned upon? And you've decided you're polyamorous, so... Oh, by the way, you're also having meetups about polyamory and polyamory events also considered bad form and doesn't happen. I, how, would you, how would you meet your polyamory? I, I can't imagine to be underground having to do that. I mean, dating is what we do. This Week in Rock Awakening, Polyamory in India, Humiliating Your Sponsor, and Pets on Parade. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporters. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kingstarter cards or one of our books, as well as audible excerpts from our book, Living a Mess. And currently, we're also doing Zoom discussions with the next one scheduled for June 14th. Hi, Don. Again. <laughs> so today's podcast, we are going to be talking with Arun. Arun is from India, and he's going to tell us all about what it's like to be polyamorous in India. And it's not a uh, easy kettle of fish, is my from what I understand. That's that's our understanding, and and um, unfortunately, we don't have Arun alive with us like we usually do mm-hmm. currently. So we are going to put that interview on the end. Correct? Yeah, we'll knock out a little bit of business first, and then uh, okay. we'll play that video. Um, business such as I do want to, you know what? I want to jump right into the three kinky things because a lot of times I think we get started with those end up at the back end of the podcast and people might listen just for the interviews and they get, and they miss how little we know about kink sometimes. That's true. So Don, tell me about this one. Uh, and this is, I don't know that we've done this one. Do you, would you find it, is it a kink, a limit willing to do, would love to do it major turn on? Having clothing chosen for you. You know, that's actually a funny question. So because at least at the beginning, I would have liked that a Mm -hmm. lot, right? I would have liked that. And I can remember coming to you and go, should I wear this or this? Or what would you like me to wear? Or things like that. And you're like, oh, God, (laughs) I am not a micromanager. (laughs) Here, if you show me two things, I'll pick one. But Mm -hmm. don't ask me what you know what you should wear but it's kind of funny because i can remember way back when i mean we were still in our old hometown right and i was working at a data company and i can remember one of the girls there that's that was like oh yeah my husband picks out my clothes all the time right when we go out you know he picks out my clothes and he chooses this and he chooses that and the women there were mortified they actually worked at getting her out of that relationship mm-hmm so, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, there's some of us that would, don't pull me out of a relationship because he's picking my clothes. I'd actually like that. To me, that's, uh, I don't need it, but it would be kind of cool but if it, it happened now and like, then. It doesn't sound like a fetish for you. No, not more really. More of a... More of a cherry on top every now and then. It would make me feel... Cherished. Yeah. So... Okay. But not needed. Good. If you were going needs, wants, and desires, uh-huh. it would fall in the desire category as in, like I said, cherry on top. If it happens to happen, it would be cool. But you, you would you would dress slutty all the time if I picked your clothing. Unless uh, yeah. 
No, even when we're going out to like, yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> or for just very poorly. It's only been in the last few years that I understand the idea that sometimes this color doesn't go with that color. So, <laughs> so I could be wearing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> how about the hot wax? I like the hot wax. I can remember that scene that we did in our basement in the first house we owned, and I'd never done hot wax before. Um, initials, S mm-hmm. and K. Okay. So one of the early couples that yeah. we used to play right. with. Yep. And S came in and had the um, crock pots of wax. Uh-huh. And I can remember him pouring it over my chest, and it was so fucking hot. And I took my hand and wham, hit that wax on my chest because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And then my hand was burning. And it was like, <laughs> so that was really cool. He made a, a chest mold mm-hmm. of me. And that that's really hot. But I, I really, I like the sensation of it. So, and if someone uses a knife to scrape it off, all the better. All the better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with hot wax play. Um, we don't do it a lot because it takes a lot of preparation and energy to start and then cleaning and all that, it's, you know, so you got to be prepared, think about ahead of time. But there is some creativity about it that I dig. There is. And even trying to do it in a dungeon, you got to find it. Well, it depends how you do the wax play, whether you're doing it with like the hot pot or if you're doing it with candles, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got either an electric socket on the wall to plug your stuff in with, and then you got to prep. We've had people here do demos on wax before, and they didn't melt it in time. So we're microwaving wax, trying to get it ready for right. demo. There's a lot of preparation. And then if you've got candles, you've got open flame. So, you know, yeah, a lot of preparation. And, yeah, you've got to have the, the, the tarps mm-hmm. down and all that stuff. But yep. hot wax and a knife. And, and uh, <laughs> finally, from our kinky, is, are, is this a thing for you? Uh, erotic humiliation. I like... Okay, so it's worded erotic humiliation, so it could be a couple different things, but if it falls in line with what we call sensual humiliation, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites. It's the dirty talk of um, telling me I'm a slut because I do this and I do that, and yeah, so it's it's all the, the dirty talk that brings in all that stuff inside of me out that's really hot to play with. You know, the interesting bit, uh, well, for so erotic Humiliation is defined by as arousal that is attached to traditionally negative experiences. At least that is the definition that Princess Kali uses in on the Kink Academy. Okay, so so yeah. for example, there's um, there are as a matter of fact, uh, Princess Kali has a thirteen part series about erotic humiliation. Why do people enjoy it? Cultural context, negotiations, trigger plans, aftercare, and, of course, getting into ways to play. So she's covering a lot more than what we do because there's some stuff that is just – that's humiliating that's just not hot for me, right? Mm -hmm. So call me a slut, call me a whore, call me nasty girl, but don't call me fat. Right. You know, I finally got to a point where I could – talk about my clit being fat, but not me in general. Right. So, and I know that there's some people that they like to be called a pig. They like to be shamed about things. They like all that. Um, I think we call it degrading humiliation. Versus sensual. But vers- yeah. Versus sensual. And um, I know Femcar was totally into that. Femcar is someone, I don't know if she still presents, but she used to when we first got into it. And man, she was into it. 
and enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. So I would actually, it'd be interesting to look at that series on uh, Kink Academy because, well, I, I like looking into people's brains mm-hmm. and, and why they like doing what they do. Yeah, humiliation's a pretty big uh, topic. And we are fortunate that this time around, as the we've mentioned before right now, in the time uh, we are impacted a little bit financially by some of the things going on, Kink Academy has stepped up and is helping us with domain fees and podcasting fees and all that other stuff that goes into putting out a podcast. So uh, it's nice that when we refer to something that we would like a little more information on, there's a great source to go out there that we get to tell you about. In this case, kinkacademy.com, check it out and look for erotic humiliation. And um, you can actually see Princess Kelly in a video making air quotes. That's the picture I see right there. (laughs) So we will see what that's about. Um, I think it's really interesting how people are taking things that are not traditionally considered fetishes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and even that's a weird thing to say, right? Because anything could be a fetish. just depends on what, what trips you trigger. Right. Right? What gets you hot and wet. That's true. Other than that, Don, we're going to knock out some quick tentacles on boobs and then jump over to tentacles India. Tentacles on boobs. Nice. I figure I'm slowly <laughs> changing it, right? So we both so, get And just a heads up, because we skipped a week of podcasting, we have got... A lot of people must be on their, their uh, computers right now because we've got a lot of tentacles, so we're going to split it up between a couple of shows. But to start with, we have Phoenix, who sent me a tentacle kitty, and it's like a gif. So it looks like a little kitty, and then it sprouts tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cute. So it's a, it's a cartoon, So and that was really cute. And then Ohio Hedgehog has been on the ball. So he sent me a link to a couple of different things. And um, one of those, they're, they're not necessarily tentacles, but the first one was a link to an article on micro fetishes. So you were just talking about how um, just about anything could be a fetish, right? Mm-hmm. It depends what makes you hot, wet, and, and horny. Um, and micro fetishes talks about this. So it's an article on like tentacle sex, which would be mine, right? And um, an article on having feathers on nipples, Right, that that is a micro fetish. That is what turns you on. That little bitty niche thing that um, you don't really hear of. So it was a really interesting article. So that was pretty cool. And then tech tentacles. So uh, you know the whole technology thing with tentacles. That was an awesome picture. And then beholder cake pop recipe. Any any. Pretty much asked me to forgive him because it was COVID. So he was sending me. We're in a pandemic. So he's sending me you know all these different links. Um, and then the Cthulhu mask. And then he said, but this is what you're really looking for. And he sent me a link to a cartoon girl wrapped in tentacles, AKA the good stuff. <laughs> so, cause <laughs> that was really awesome. That's the stuff I like to see. And then Robin also sent me a link of a leather tentacle mask. So it's kind of neat in this day and age. I don't know how safe the leather masks are. I'm sure they're not like the other mask that we're supposed to be wearing, but you could probably get away with it right now, just wearing it in public and people just thinking you're just trying to be creative with your mask. So that's kind of neat. The, um, as I was randomly tooling around on the FetLife, which I don't do very often, but as I was, I happened to come across a 
profile for Joy Shadow, and I don't know recall what led me to go look at some of their pictures, but I did come across a picture of a Starbucks double shot directly between a pair of boobs. That is a that nice. is a couple of my favorite things. Were right there. those her boobs? Were they her boobs? Do you know? I am... I'm curious because if they were her boobs, were they big boobs? They were not small. Then we probably know this joy person. Yes, I think. I oh, think yeah, I we know, know who this, this is. Yes, 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 yes absolutely. <laughs> and there you go. Um, other than that, go over to the Instagram and see the picture of the day we post as Erotic Awakening. Apparently, our picture of the day right now is, is a dog and a cat. It's a dog and a cat. So Are they doing something cool? No, they were just hiding out under the desk while we were talking with K and K. And um, I looked looked over, and the cat's wrapped around her little cat toy, and Ginger the Polly Pup is just standing there over the cat. They just look so sweet. I had to post it. <laughs> if you want porn, go to go to Kinky, or, uh, well, go to FetLife. Well, if, if you, you want, want me to porn. post porn, I can. <laughs> hey, there you go, listeners. That'll be our new Patreon level. So yes, porn porn pictures. Other than that, so we had the opportunity. I was tooling around on the Reddit, and as I explained, uh, came across somebody who said, "Oh, I've got this new polyamory podcast. Uh, I dig it if people check it out." I checked it out. Not expecting much, and it was super fascinating, and it was super interesting. And, you know, we like to suggest that we've been around this whole polyamory thing for a while now, Dawn, and we've printed a mm-hmm. book and all this kind of stuff. But polyamor- being polyamorous in India is a totally different kettle of fish. And even though some of the things that we talked about, I kind of, I guess I, I, I thought that I knew – I didn't expect them to be the current situation. So. Like, like the caste system. Right. Right. I mean, I've heard of that before, and, and I, I kind of know what it is, but he talks about how that's still a current thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I love how he's talking about Tinder, right? So Tinder seems to be the app that's uh, making Polly accessible to those in India. So yep. that, that, was, that was very interesting how they're using an app to do that. As well as a bunch of other things like we talked about. It's, it's in the beginning of the show. It is uh, the, how people feel about dating in general in, in right. India and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's just, that just literally, I, I know we talk a little bit about it during the interview, but that just blows my mind. For us here in America, at least me and you, when we do poly, we meet people at coffee shops. We go to the movies. We go out to dinner. We go to events. We go to... All this stuff that's considered dating. So it's it's interesting to listen to someone talk about how you do that without dating. Absolutely. So we're going to get into that uh, holiday. We're going to get into that interview right here. Uh, the last thing I'll say before I get that rolling is for those of you that live in Hyperdad, Happy Telangana Day. Did you know tomorrow's Telangana Celebration Day? I. Don't know what it is. I hope it's a positive thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Multicultural podcast. So, Dawn, you and I, over the 11 years of the Erotic Awakening podcast, have had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about polyamory, as well as practice a little polyamory ourselves. It's been uh, pretty interesting. But the experience that we have is very specific to polyamory in either polyamory, well, polyamory in North America. We can go that far. Uh, Some of our Canadian sweeties will be upset if I just say polyamory in the U.S. So I happened to run across a podcast the other day, and I listened to the podcast, which 
uh, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but this was a really fresh, interesting take on polyamory. I reached out to the host of that podcast and asked them to be on the show. And Arun, thank you for joining me today. Uh, remind me, remind our listeners of the name of your podcast. Hey, Dan. Thank you so much for the compliment. Um, so, hi. I run a podcast named The One and One More. It is a it is a podcast about polyamory, but in a very Indian context. So um, we look at so I sorry. Um, Dan, do you want to ask any questions? I'm kind of blank here. No, we, we love the fact that you uh, kicked right in and you're excited about it. And uh, as our listeners can probably guess, you are from Australia. No, I'm kidding. You're from India. <laughs> yes, that, that's part of my podcast. Part of our podcast is poor jokes. Um, and I thought just listening to the podcast as I was sharing with you before the show started, it was really interesting just some of the basic differences between Indian culture and perhaps mm -hmm. American culture. So let me start off by asking about asking this. Here in the US, it's, you know, we have an event here uh, where we'll have a couple hundred polyamory people gathered together and mm -hmm. only a small fraction of those people are worried about the pictures getting out there or their names getting out there. Is, is India culture or the culture that you're in is being polyamorous accepted or unaccepted or would you immediately get fired? What's the situation there? So we actually don't really speak out about polyamory, it, uh, which is a right now it is like a more underground kind of a situation. We really don't have a community here except few Facebook communities that exist, but they are like very small communities that exist here. There is no conversation that happens around polyamory in India right now. So that's crazy. How do you find people? Then how do you find other partners and stuff? I mean, it must make dating a little difficult. So uh, I think technology being uh, like a dating app like Tinder and Hinge kind of helps us through that. And uh, that, so increasingly, so I have been using Tinder for almost three years now, and I increasingly, increasingly seeing profiles which have polyamory and uh, like in their bios, like they now are adding like polyamory or non-monogamy bios, which I think and uh, so these technologies kind of revolutionized how we Indians look at dating as well. Like we are not allowed to date that's like a social norm here like dating is looked down upon by the elders so this technology kind of helped us to be anonymous and find people to date around and i think the technology helped polyamorous people as well to find other people so when you say you're not allowed to date you mean polyamory wise you're not allowed to date or dating no. in general dating in general is looked down upon here so <laughs> we have okay. this idea of arranged marriage here uh, so caste system plays a major role in how we look at marriage in India. So, uh, so you need to understand that India is a huge country with extreme cultural differences. Uh, so there are twenty. So there are many states. Each state speaks different language and has a different culture. And inside each state, there are these caste systems which. Social, it's like a social hierarchy which was created like 
so many years ago which is still being followed and inter caste marriage is kind of frowned upon here and there had been cases of it's called honor killing uh, i don't know where the honor is but if a girl from a caste marries a boy from another caste there had been murders happened based on that so it is yeah it is quite a difficult place to date here though our urban urban spaces are more liberal that i have to mention yeah i you know what I, i'm familiar with the the idea that the idea of the caste system and i kind of thought of it was like ancient history but apparently it is a, it is current thing it is what's going on now in india so uh, cities i think the urban cities like metropolitan cities like bangalore delhi and mumbai are more open to this idea of intercaste marriage but the villages are still very much following and there are people who are proud of their caste so there is a huge community that upholds caste system in india still i'm still trying to wrap my head around not dating i mean that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's what most of us do here with poly right it's about dating new people and movies and going out and dinner and all that stuff so that's that's a little odd for me so uh, that's something interesting here so culture here doesn't really evolve with time so when there was a rule when you shouldn't be seeing other people out of your uh, before marriage it applied to a generation which married each other at the age of 12 and 14 and right now india's i think average marriage is age is around 25 it had like doubled but still the same laws are being uh, socially like upheld and which is kind of weird so how did you break the mold of all this why are, are you doing a podcast about polyamory and and allowing yourself to think about it and talk about it and participate in it so i recently moved out of my home like 2 years ago uh, i came to bangalore and here i'm free like i have like a lot of freedom to explore and chatarata so i was so i had this issue with all my partners for for god knows like i've been dating from i think 17 when i was 17 now i'm 23 and i had problems with almost all the partners like i i initially used to think that i have commitment phobia right like i thought okay it's maybe it's me it's uh, i have some some issues that i'm like really afraid to get committed to this person then one of my partners when i was like telling her this is what i'm feeling then she said oh you're polyamorous okay what, what is that then i went on google and searched like what is polyamory and like how so then i realized there is an entire different culture of dating that is around which we are not exposed to and i felt that polyamory is something i would imagine to be a solution for a lot of problems i think it is more egalitarian it is it is i don't know it just feels right to be polyamorous and yeah then since we there was no conversation happening in india i wanted to begin the conversation cool so i'm i'm just wrapping my head around it right so but uh, i love the idea that you took charge and you're starting to have the conversation do you, you get do you get a lot of email a lot of 
people contacting you from India saying, you know, oh my God, <laughs> thank you for, for doing this? Uh, so right now the podcast is almost only in my friends and the next circle. There's like not a lot, lot of exposure yet. I'm trying my best to market it. Uh, I had submitted this pitch to Spotify. There's a selection going on here. If it gets selected, it could be a huge thing. So, but even people I know, like my friend circle and the, the territory circle, I get a lot of questions. Like whenever I say I'm polyamorous, everyone's like, what? Huh? What? Then I have to like explain what is polyamory is. And they they are in like a shock whenever I explain. Uh, explain it really it can work like that so there are a lot of these questions that happen and this podcast is essentially me answer trying to answer those questions so that would be i mean sometimes it's hard even here in the u.s to explain polyamory right a, a lot of people are still monogamous a lot of people are you know one guy one girl and it's kind of hard to explain sometimes but you're coming from a culture where dating isn't is frowned upon so i imagine polyamory is very confusing for them yeah so so uh b i don't think i can ever explain this idea to someone older than i don't know 28 here which uh stereotypically 28 there are like really cool people after it but it, it is really difficult for me to explain it to slightly older people they are they're not so i think tinder is a inflection point in how india look look at dating and uh, yeah like that so sorry this is answering your question i think i'm digressing absolutely so yeah, introduction of Tinder kind of helped us to have this conversation. That was a safe space where uh, we had this conversation. And Instagram being a social activism platform in India, now, it's, it's growing as a social activism platform. And a lot of these conversations are happening there now. So you're saying social activism is happening on Tinder? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah, it does. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, we organize protests using Tinder now. Like when there is a information, it passes on through the bios. It's it's very interesting that way. How, how concerned are you that somebody from back home, somebody from your family, is going to come across your podcast and 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 disown you and say you're you've gone off the rails, you're a crazy kid, and you've lost <laughs> the way? Very much, and I'm operating on this belief that they don't have the technical skills to download a podcast app and listen to. It. That is the assumption I'm going on here with. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like I don't think I would want them to listen to this. That would be I don't know. That would be crazy. I can't even imagine what would happen. Right. So uh, I and I'm just grooving through your Instagram a little bit. And it looks like you are involved in some open mic stuff and some poetry mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so a lot of cultural stuff. Have, has it occurred to you that, man, I should just skip out of India altogether and go somewhere where polyamory is like the norm? Or maybe not the norm, but it's certainly nothing that people are going to freak out about. Mm -hmm. Or do you find, <laughs> I mean, is it, how restrict, is it so restrictive that you said, I don't know if I can be 
who I want to be? Or is being part of India, being Indian, so, so key to who you are, you have to make it work? Uh, I am not particularly patriot, but still, like, I, I see these people around me who are actually, like, I, I see the change that's happening. Like, I see how internet had opened up to this large exposure and be, like this generation is gradually shifting to a more liberal uh, liberal system. Like we're moving from a collectivistic society to an individualistic society where we are now actively creating families and like based on our ideology. So ideologies have become a core of what it means to be this generation in India. So I think that's a very great thing. And I would like to be a part of that and be at the center of that change. That, that, and that's very cool. Yeah, I, I really like that. So that is, that's speaking to me for some reason. So I'm glad you <laughs> learned that about yourself. Well, I got one more question for you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, Dan. I am, uh, again, going through uh, the Instagram account. The Instagram account, for those interested, is the fucked up philosopher with underscores under each. Um, I see here a picture of your first podcast recording. And I want to ask you, if you don't mind, are you mm -hmm. podcasting in your underwear? Uh, uh, no. Uh, or the, I mean, the, well, look, Don, you know, you, you talk, that kind of looks like a pair of underwear, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's just shorts. I, I will send you a link to your own post and you can see what the heck I'm talking about. I, yeah, I'm just way, wondering. Yes. I, I, I think it's just shorts. Okay. I, <laughs> but it I, does look like a pair of your underwear. Yes. I, I podcast in my underwear all the time. <laughs> Amazing the whole work from home, how many, what I actually wear during the day. So, that, that, um, I think that's the advantage of not having the video. So. Absolutely. Yep. Arun, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank it's been super fascinating to uh, learn more about you, talk to you today, and to continue to listen to your journey. For our listeners, tell me again, how do I find your podcast? Thank you, Dan and Don. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at the fucked up philosopher underscore under every word. And on Twitter, you can find me at Arun underscore Kaushik. My podcast name is The One and One More. You can find it on Spotify. I think that's the easiest way to uh, find us. So yeah, thank you so much, Dan and Don. Fantastic. And if you ever um, want to try the uh, American culture where polyamory is a little more accepted, you can feel free to crash on our couch here in Ohio. <laughs> uh, I supposedly for business when this COVID thing wraps up, I will be heading to India mm. for business and I will... Uh, oh randomly stop by. I, I recognize India is way bigger than I Bangalore. think. Come to, come to Bangalore. Uh, <laughs> that is not where our offices are, but that's I will show up <laughs> over there. All right, great. Thanks again for being on the show tonight. Thank you.